Welcome to the Joe Knows Trucks podcast. In this show, truck accident law firm's board-certified attorney, Joseph E. Camerlingo, explores the world of trucking and safety, serving as an outlet to create change so everyone can have a safe ride home. Here's your host, Joe Camerlingo. Hi, everyone. This is Joe Camerlingo from the Truck Accident Law Firm, and I want to thank you for listening to my Joe Knows Trucks podcast. Today, along with my co-host, Bill Duran, we are going to be covering an extremely concerning epidemic that is growing rapidly in our country. This epidemic is called traffic violence, and more specifically, trucking traffic violence. So what do you say, Bill? You ready to get started? Absolutely, Joe. This is a topic that, frankly, scares the heck out of me the more I learn about it. Some of the numbers I've seen on traffic violence, and more specifically, trucking traffic violence injuries and deaths, are just staggering. But before we get into numbers, Joe, on behalf of our listeners and myself, Can you explain exactly what traffic violence is? That's a great question. First of all, traffic violence is an epidemic right now. It's a substantial increase in the amount of people injured and killed on our roadways every year. And there's plenty of attention out there on gun violence, as there should be. But when you look at the sheer numbers, many more people are killed in in crashes on our roadways than are killed with guns every year at multiple numbers. In addition, the tractor-trailer trucking violence is epidemically increased over 100% in some states, almost 200% in other states over the last decade. So what is traffic violence and trucking traffic violence? Traffic violence is not just any crash. Traffic violence is when crashes occur because of inattention, distraction, fatigue, drunk driving, things that are a conscious decision to ignore safety protocols and measures. And in trucking traffic violence, that's when a my trucking company or a motor carrier ignores established safety rules and protocols that they agreed to follow for the privilege of operating up to 80,000 pound tractor trailers on our roadways for money as professional truck drivers and trucking companies. Yeah, I was when you said more than gun violence, which is really just unbelievable to hear. I had looked up the other day and over 21,000 people sadly died of, from acts of gun violence last year that were excluding suicides. These are just But over 150,000 people were injured and over 40,000 killed in automobile and tractor-trailer crashes. Tractor-trailer, particularly in the big rigs, over 5,600 people were killed last year, many of them preventable. Can you give us some examples of how some of them could have been prevented? Well, yes. So 58% of all large truck crashes involve the worst crash, where a tractor-trailer and more commercial motor vehicle drives directly into stop traffic. Right. There's only three reasons that can happen. One, the driver's not paying attention. Two, the driver is fatigued. Or three, the driver intended to do it. Right. I guess four would be the uh, equipment malfunction. Um, there is not an excuse for any of that, especially when there's technology available today that would stop a tractor trailer at 70 miles an hour before even impacting the vehicle in front of them. Yeah. That- would that be the like emergency brake assist, like I have in a regular car? Do trucks have that same feature? Well, it's very different, but it's the same concept. It's okay. forward collision mitigation systems or warning systems with automatic emergency braking. And it's actually a much more advanced system than you would have on your car just because of the substantial weight and force of these vehicles. But if you go online, look at the automatic emergency braking videos, you can see representative videos where they run a tractor trailer at stopped traffic that has these on there, and it will stop the vehicle without touching the vehicle in front. It is stop the tractor trailer. It is amazing technology that will save lives. So not even slow it down. 
it will stop. It will actually stop at a time. That big. I mean, how much does that truck weigh? I could have weighed at that moment. Up to 80,000 pounds. Yeah. See, that's, it's just unheard of. Or unbelievable. That's not mandatory in all trucks. Well, there's a, hopefully it will be soon. But the whole concept there is at 70 miles an hour, it will stop a vehicle that's stopped in the lane if the truck driver's not paying attention at all. They first get an audible, invisible warning. They get a tactile response inside of a vibration of the steering wheel and the seat. And then if the truck driver doesn't respond instantaneously, it stops the truck. Even if a vehicle comes into the vehicle's, the tractor trailer's lane, so it's not this stopped vehicle ahead that the lane in, in that same lane of travel where the automatic emergency braking can sense it well in advance. Even if someone comes into the truck driver's lane and then has to stop for traffic ahead, an object ahead in the roadway, they weren't anticipating whatever it is, that automatic emergency braking will substantially reduce the speed so that there's still going to be an impact in that case, but the impact's not nearly going to be as significant as if the truck driver had to take two seconds to perceive and react to that and then start braking, and they're just going to drive right through that vehicle. So what other safety features or equipment can these trucks have besides emergency brake assist to help reduce these numbers, these deaths? So in order to help reduce trucking traffic violence, there are so many measures available. Number one is what we just talked about, the forward collision mitigation systems with automatic emergency braking. But number two, inward facing dash cams that monitor the drivers. So the technology is there on the market right now. These smart systems that will literally detect, they watch the drivers, not just that someone can see the camera or that when there's a crash, they can go back and look at what happened and determine what happened, right? It's actually real time monitoring of the driver. If the driver's eyes start to nod like they're fatigued, it will yell at them. It will beep. It will shake their seat. It will say, fatigue alert, fatigue alert. If the driver picks up a cell phone in their hand, which is illegal in a tractor trailer, they can only have a one-touch cell phone, right? They can make a call if they can push one button, not two, not three. It's a one-touch. It's all they can do with their phone. Otherwise, it has to be on a headset, right, if they have Bluetooth. But if the driver picks up a phone to the ear, it's going to yell, distraction, distraction. And it's going to not just tell the driver, it's going to immediately report it to their safety department so that the company knows that that driver's tired, fatigued, on the phone. So inward-facing driver dash cams have shown, I think the statistics are over 85, 86% decrease within one year of all adverse incidents, heartbreaking, emergency stops, crashes, those type of things. It will change a driver's behavior because it's not just that they know they're watching, it's being reported real time. And the best systems are the one that are, it's not just recording, it's telling the driver you're tired, you're you're using your cell phone, you're not wearing your seatbelt. There's, there's safety measures for the drivers, not just everybody else on the roadways. And then there's other things like lane departure warnings, right? They'll let the driver know when they're trying to shift or shifting in a lane without the blinker being on. Speed limiters, we talked about it in another blog recently. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration and NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, have both recommended that large trucks have speed limiters at 65 miles an hour is the most recent recommendation without automatic emergency braking and 70 miles an hour if they have automatic emergency braking. Now, there are tons of, tons. there are a lot of uh, trucking companies that already have driver-facing dash cams that are monitored that have automatic emergency braking that technology, that have lane deviation assist, that actually utilize these technologies already, including speed limiters. 
But there's a huge pushback in the companies, in the smaller companies, in the OIDA, right? The Independent Truck Drivers Association, the small mom and pops who say that they have to be able to drive faster to compete with these large companies. Can you believe that that's their argument? You want to talk about trucking traffic violence. They're saying we need to drive faster to compete with the bigger safe companies. Can you think of any reason at all a tractor trailer weighing 80,000 pounds or more should be driving more than 70 miles an hour? Any reason? No. No, and it's interesting you bring that up because when we're up with the Institute of Safe for Trucking, ISD in DC, one of the things that they talked about in the speed numbers, which really caught me off by surprise, is that speed limiters will actually make it not only safer, but more profitable for the companies because the amount of fuel they consume when they speed. I know my own vehicle, it's a huge difference. I get 70 miles an hour compared to 75 or 78. The gas drop is big in that. I can't imagine what the decrease in fuel economy is for a big rig with 80,000 pounds going 75, 80 miles an hour. But it was interesting to see that the speed limiters not only you know, cut a lot of costs by making it safer and saving lives, but it also made the companies more profitable because they saved on fuel. This is one of the, the biggest impediments to stopping trucking traffic violence and traffic violence. If you tell a trucking company, we want you to institute this measure, it's going to save lives. The uproar will stop. How dare you? We operate safely. You can't regulate us. Why would you do this to us? If you tell them that that same safety measure is going to save them $1,000 a year in fuel, they'll institute it tomorrow. Now, for instance, those things, the side underride guards, right, is a great example. The side underride guards, which hopefully will be mandatory in this country, like they are in Europe, in South America, in all these other continents where they're mandatory, the same trailer companies are shipping their trailers with side underrides. But when they come to the U.S., no side underrides needed. Same company. It's just coming to the U.S., no side underwrite. If you tell, you know, sometimes you see those fuel skirts that you see down there. Yeah, so they're flimsy. what is that? Can you explain what side underrides are? Because maybe some of our listeners sure. don't know Good point. exactly. But because I've seen you driving on the highway and some of them, they look like it's flapping in the wind, like a mud flap almost on That's the side. exactly right. And then other ones look like they could stop my uh, car from going underneath. Is there a difference? Like, that, what are they? Well, the side underwrite guards protect exactly what you're talking about. It prevents a passenger vehicle from going under the trailer of a tractor trailer. And why is that important? The, the area of the car that hits in a side underride or rear underride is typically the windshield. So all of the built-in safety measures in, a tra- in, in your car or mine that has the crumple zones, the airbags, all those things are set to be utilized when the front of the vehicle is impacted before it, the force gets to the driver's compartment, right? The problem is, in a rear or in a side underride, the first thing that hits is the windshield because of the height differential of the two vehicles. When the first impact is the A-frame in your windshield, you don't have a, t- a chance for your crumple zones to take place. The airbags aren't going off. And so that's why you see decapitation. You see all these horrible injuries with the side underride. So those flimsy guards that you see cost about $750 to, insta- to install on a tractor trailer. And they'll make that up in the first two months in a long haul over the road truck in fuel savings. For $1,500, just double the price, they can have an angel wing guard, which will prevent a vehicle from going underneath it. It speeds up to 55 miles an hour. Now, it will take four months to recoup the savings because it's twice as much. 
But still, in year one, they're making money on the fuel efficiency and it's safe. How many do you see with the angel wings versus how many you see with the fuel skirts, right? It's all about fuel and, and they don't care about safety. Now, the industry, so again, some of the better companies, trucking companies, understand and they're trying to make efforts to prevent this trucking traffic violence. Safety means profitability. We are literally on the same page with them. Every time a tractor trailer crash occurs, right? The United States government does a study of the cost of a single life. It's called a variable single life assessment of one fatal life loss in a tractor trailer crash. And I think they've placed it most recent statistics at about 11, a little over $11 million. That's what it costs the world in economic loss, not pain and suffering. That's the cost of a single fatal crash for a trucking company. And, you know, even if it's a, a property damage crash or an injury crash, that truck is off the road for hours. The load may be lost. There's cargo claims. The driver can't work if it's a small company and his or her truck is impounded or broken and can't be fixed till the investigations are done or whatever it is, that's lost efficiency. And so while you may lose a little bit of productivity by not letting your driver go more than 70 miles an hour, by putting safety measures in place that's going to require your driver to drive more safe, while you may lose a little bit of profitability per load, your wheels will be turned, right? That's what they say. If the wheels ain't turning, we ain't earning. Yeah. That's what they say in the industry. Well, if you're safe, your wheels are always turning because you didn't kill anybody. Yeah. You haven't committed trucking traffic violence. You haven't ignored safety rules for the benefit of making money. Now, it's, again, that's it's that's scary. And at the thought of, what is it? Maybe one less load a year, it averages out to go 72 over 70 or 70 over 72. Maybe it's two. What's one life worth? Not just financially, but on that driver or on the family that loses the life. And so you're right. I mean, it's more profitable. It's safer. And at the end of the day, we all want to save a life, right? And make yeah. sure we have a safe drive home. I posted you know, on our YouTube channel a video and you know, it, was, it got a lot of views. Thousands upon thousands of people viewed it. And it was, you know, I think some people found it kind of humorous because luckily there was no negative outcome besides damage to the rig. The driver was okay. Didn't hit anybody. But in that video... Almost everything that you just mentioned would have stopped that one crash from happening. It was the one, I don't know if you saw it, where the guy fell asleep, drifted across a medium, and then launched off an overpass. It landed on a roadway below and just got lucky enough to miss a big truck coming, nobody being on the roadway below when he launched. But the, in watching that, the, the in-cab camera system you're talking about would have detected he was falling asleep. And would have Absolutely. Told him. The lane assist or lane warning would have told him when he was drifting out, Right. I mean, and then the emergency brake, as he's approaching the bridge, would have been locking up too. And it just really is hard to believe that there's manufacturers and trucking companies out there that have the technology and some of them in their rig. And if I understand correctly, choose not to utilize them. Well, yeah, since 2018, I think every large truck manufacturer has automatic emergency braking standard. And so the trucking companies have to say, no, we don't want it. Turn it off. But, That's what's shot. So to me... That is the meaning in my heart, trucking traffic violence. I mean, if you knowingly unplug, turn off a safety feature that later could have saved a life, how is that not criminal? Could have saved your own driver's life. Could have saved your driver's life. Could the load the driver's loading. Your customer you may have lost, never mind the lives that you took along the way. That's exactly right. Uh, and you know, there are so many decisions that get made like that. And, and typically, 
Why don't they do that? Because some drivers don't like it because if a car cuts in front of them, you know, again, a lot of car drivers don't realize how much more room a tractor trailer driver needs in their short, clear distance in front of them. So, you know, if you or I are driving down the road and someone passes us and gets over, they're going to get a couple car lengths ahead and they're going to get over and we're both going at highway speed. Well, if you do that to a tractor trailer, they're supposed to slow down because they need a lot more distance between them and the vehicle in front of them to stop. So a lot of people, you know, again, they're not trying to cut the tractor trailer off. They're just coming over two, three, four car lengths ahead, car lengths, not truck lengths of the tractor trailer. With automatic emergency braking, that truck is automatically going to slow down. And so the truck drivers are mad because it slows them down. It, it, It decreases fuel efficiency, all these things that go into their profitability, how many roads they can, loads they can run. And so same thing with driver facing cam, driver facing dash cameras. Why do they not want it? Why? Because somebody's watching. Yeah, they can see them inside the box. Sure. Exactly right. Well, it's, you know, my vehicle doesn't have it, but my wife's vehicle has that adaptive cruise control. And when you bring up the trucks, you know, it would automatically slow down. And I'm really excited about one of our podcasts that's coming next about autonomous vehicles and all those drivings. And told you about an incident we'll share on the next podcast where, you know, my adaptive cruise control had a little malfunction. But I, on the flip side, the one thing I see is that I'm so amazed when I said it. I'm less aggressive. I'm less stressed when I'm using my adaptive cruise, when I get in traffic, when I'm in bed, and just let it let it go. My trips take a little longer, but I get there and I feel like I'm a, I'm a little bit happier. And it, it just it's so much safer, you know, with the distance and the settings that I can see where that could save lives alone in trucks. And it blows my mind to know, you know, I don't know when it came out in regular automobiles, but it seems like a relatively new feature. Yet trucks had it from 2018. Yeah, they had lots of safety features and, and a good teaser for our next podcast. The amount of autonomous trucking and these safety measures that will make safety decisions for us are going to decrease the number of crashes exponentially. But when they fail, it is going to be catastrophic. And we'll talk about that in our next podcast. Man, I cannot wait. So again, on trucking, on, on trucking traffic violence, just to wrap up, we need everybody to be safe out there. We need everybody to pay attention to the rules, the regulations. We need them to put their phones down. Understand when you're driving a tractor trailer or a large commercial motor vehicle, it's like you're the scout in an army ranger team. If you don't pay attention for two minutes, for 10 seconds, and there's no one out there, okay, everybody made it through that, wherever, wherever, whatever you are, whatever you're doing. But if you're that scout for an army ranger team, and there's the enemy out there, if there's a problem out there, a broken down vehicle for a tractor trailer, to use a different analogy, and you're not paying attention for that 10 to 30 seconds, people will die. Yeah. So sometimes I equate it to, you know, as in my time in the army, you know, being an explosives engineer, imagine what would happen if I missed a landmine in the field and then gave the all clear, right? Essentially, I feel like sometimes with some of these preventative maintenance situations, these trucking companies knowingly know they're sending rigs out there with landmines. It's just a matter of time before somebody steps on. They're playing the odds. Playing the odds. Man, I can't wait for our next podcast. And Joe, you know, I say it all the time and I'm blessed to be a part of your firm now, but I'm so grateful for people like you and firms like the Truck Accident Law Firm that are out there, not just getting financial justice for the clients that deserve it, but advocating to make our roadways safer. And like you always say, trying to put yourself out of a job. Your dream is to get the roadway so safe that 
there's never another death case that needs to be represented. And I'm also grateful for, you know, institutions like the Institute for Safer Trucking who are up in DC fighting the good fight every day to get these features, you know, added into or mandatory in, in all, all rigs. So. Amen. It's a privilege to do what we do. And the one thing that everyone has to remember is whether it's traffic violence, trucking traffic violence or gun violence, there's no one that's not going to be missed. These aren't statistics. Every one of those 5,600 people killed was a person, somebody's brother, sister, mother, child. So let's just all try and, and be safe and, and uh, hopefully have a safe ride home. And until next time, thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Joe Knows Trucks podcast. This show is sponsored by the Truck Accident Law Firm, which specializes in obtaining a full recovery for those involved in truck, bus, or commercial motor vehicle crashes. Learn more at https colon slash slash truckcrashlaw.com.